everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. we got a great show. we got about 200 Big people studio, in the studio right? today. My God. You brought your grandparents. You brought your kids, your dogs. Um, we're gonna Just ha- pictures of dogs. We, we no have a dogs. very serious subject uh, to start off with because as uh, Nikki and I have five kids that all either went to or are still in public school, mm-hmm. and the food in many public schools, I'd say it sucks. It's pretty bad. Uh, Real Food for Kids is a very successful operation out in Fairfax County in the Fairfax County Public Schools, um, and they're bringing fresh and less processed food to the students there. We've got Brian Head, who's the executive chef for Fairfax County Schools, Rodney Taylor of Fairfax County Public Schools Food and Nutrition Services, and Mary Porter of Real Food for Kids, all in to talk about what they're doing there and hopefully why we can spread it around the country like the... Right, and get it going, right? Like Zika. Exactly. Let's spread it around. <laughs> okay. And also in studio today, we have Flying V Theater. I feel like I should be like, Flying V Theater. What does the V mean? I don't want to know. We're going to find out. So uh, this is a theater in uh, Bethesda, and they have opened their latest production of Brother Mario. But they're also calling it Brother Mario, because I'm creating this like fun drinking game while you're watching the play. And we're going to do a little bit of that in studio with uh, Lee Leibskin. Thank you, and Natalie Bolin. So they're going to walk us through it or drink us through it, one or the other. All right, and my friend Trey Muller-Time is a is a the CEO, the head of a bakery supply business. Let's call it what it is. He his company provides all the ingredients to major commercial bakeries between here and the Mississippi, right? Pretty much. Look, today, Washington, tomorrow's a world. Okay. But they also innovate a lot of products, and I thought it would be really interesting to have him in here to talk about what they do, because I don't think many people really understand there's a lot more to it than just dropping a sack of flour on a bakery's back step and, and walking away. So Trey's in. He's going to tell us all about it. Okay. And squeeze the info out of him. What? I'm going to get it. We're going to okay. get the info. I don't think there's a lot to squeeze there. there I think is. it's going to be very forward, right. very easy to figure out what the story is there. All right. So we all know about the Salamander Resort and Spa in beautiful Middleburg. It is one of the hot destinations to go to any time of year because it's so beautiful. And Harriman's Grill has a new chef, Ryan Ahrensdorf. Ahrensdorf. Did I say it right? No. Aaron, Aaron. What is Your it? Your husband Aaron. said it right. Ahrensdorf. Okay. <laughs> He's in today to talk about the new menus that he's doing and what he's got going on in Harriman. So we'll get a 411 in just a little bit. All right. And there's a great cocktail bar called McClellan's Retreat in Upper DuPont. Uh, Brian Nixon, the bar manager, and Matt Weiss, the owner, are in. Trusted bartender. And, and I love the name because all George McClellan did was retreat or stand still. <laughs> so we're going to hear from them. Actually, Brian, why don't you step up to that microphone, yeah, son. You're going to be making cocktails. We will be. Why'd, yeah. you, why'd you call it McClellan's Retreat? Uh, you know, it's actually it's just that funny tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. Uh, where he didn't really engage the enemy ever, and it's a great place to just go relax and retreat away from any of the cares you got. Okay. I wonder what happened to poor George McClellan. Who cares? Well, I mean, right. seriously. So what's the concept for the for the, for the the cocktail bar? Pretty oh, we, easy? We, we've got a nice, cozy neighborhood bar. I mean, we usually do really well when it's uh, 
you know, super cold out or when it's really, really hot out, you want to get away from all of that. What about when it's regular out? Things you know, we're, we're a little slower then. You can definitely pop in and grab a seat. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wait. Brian's lying down, <laughs> sleeping behind the bar. So where is it? Tell people where uh, you are. It is right at the corner of Connecticut and Florida. Okay. Uh, that ain't bad. No, not bad at all. I mean, it's uh, it's hidden away just enough. We're right below where the Russia house is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a great location to just you head read, to and There was drinks. a wine bar there a long there time was. ago, There was. There right? was a wine bar there called Veritas before. I remember. Yeah. Perfect. So it's yeah. a nice little boutique place. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, the big word that everybody uses whenever they come in is it's cozy. Yes, I we would get a imagine lot of, so. Yeah. T- Tuesdays are fun to come in and watch Tinder dates happen. It's uh, you know just one of those things. I mean, <laughs> okay, you know. we'll get to that toward the end of the show. So let's hear are you just back a, there with a camera? A exactly. tiny bit about your cocktail program, just quickly. Yeah, we, uh, we change the program literally every month. We do a different theme. Mm-hmm. So we do about six to seven new cocktails every month. Okay. Uh, one of those cocktails always move over to our house cocktails, depending on how pop how popular it is, mm-hmm. which is great. So we always have something new going on. Uh, we'll decorate the bar every once in a while. Like August, we did Tiki. We turned the bar into a complete Tiki bar. Uh, Christmas, we did a Christmas bar. Cool. Uh, yeah, people All seem right. to enjoy it. What are we making first? Uh, the first drink we're going to do is offer a Guilty Pleasures menu this month. It's uh, the Ashley. It's going to be a play on uh, basically a sidecar. So okay. we're using Sacred Bond Brandy, Velvet Falernum, a little apricot eau de vie, and Coke Americano, along with some lemon and lime juice. So super easy, not yeah. like a major thing. Nope. Yeah, right. exactly. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. okay. yeah, you know. yeah, Brian's All got right. the radio Simple voice stuff. I want. Yeah. Yeah. Hello there. All right, so Brian, we're going to be back to you multiple times, and Matt will bring you in. And Sounds like fun. Okay. All right, so let's start talking to Rodney Taylor and um, uh, Mary Porter about real food for kids. What, what happened to Chef Brian? He disappeared. Yeah, where's the chef? All right, well, all right, he's the silent chef. So... I'm assuming the impetus for this whole movement was the fact that, that public school cafeteria food can be pretty funky. So how did it all get going? Well, Real Food for Kids started as a parent advocacy group. Mm-hmm. We uh, started out as a couple of parents uh, on the PTA who noticed that the food was less than they probably would have wanted to serve in their own homes. Was it because because there's been a huge change in cafeterias nationally and that they used to actually cook they did. in the they had kitchens they where did. they cooked and now they just heat things up and peel it off like on an airplane. Yeah, that was a big movement in the 70s to go from uh, kitchens where we actually were doing scratch cooking mm-hmm. to uh, heat and serve convenience, kitchens, convenience right. and, and prepackaged foods and money. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big movement. And now there is another big movement afoot, I think, obviously, to change back to that scratch cooking and give our kids healthier foods because the science proves that um, when you give them good things to eat, they're going to be better at academics, they're going to be better in athletics, they're going to be better behaviorally, all of those things that we want our kids to be successful in school, food, and understanding nutrition, understanding health is a foundation for all of that. So a group of concerned parents got together and called Rodney and said, hey, Rodney, let's do real food for kids. Boy, I wish it had been that easy. (laughs) What happened there? What, what happened is we kept advocating for more fresh food in schools. We had a food and nutrition services director before Rodney who eventually retired. She mm-hmm. had been with the school system mm-hmm. for 50 years. Um, Rodney was called out of retirement, God bless him, uh, to come and be with us here in Fairfax County, and he is making amazing stuff happen. Well, Rodney, let's talk about that. What, what are you doing? Tell us. Well, what we're doing is changing perceptions of school food. Okay. And we're doing that by when you think of school food in Fairfax, I want you to think fresh and local. Mm-hmm. And we're going to buy our produce and proteins from local farmers. We're large enough. We're the 10th largest school district in the country. I can tell every farmer in the state of Virginia to grow for me, and they still wouldn't have enough. And so we're going to provide a market for the small farmer. 
Mm-hmm. We're going to pump money into the local economy, but more importantly, we're changing perceptions about who we are and creating a generation of lifelong healthy eaters. Well, you know, we bring a lot of farmers in studio um, and, you know, getting product to the destination, to the vendor, mm-hmm. is part of the hardest problem. And are you finding some of that in what you're doing? You know, like the small farmers, like it's it's about the product is there. It's just about getting it to the person that needs it. Absolutely. When you scale up, if it's small, it's not a problem. The, mm-hmm. the farmer can deliver. Right. We're a large, complex organization. It covers the whole county anyway so mm-hmm. that we can send our trucks out to farmers if necessary. Uh, we could bring it to a single location. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to work with large co-ops around the Mid-Atlantic. We're large enough that even though our focus is local, Mm-hmm. We'll have to reach out to the mid-Atlantic states in order to be successful at what we're doing. Well, one of the, I think, uh, issues with bringing fresh and local food to any school system, you know, is you always have those naysayers. You have the mm-hmm. naysayers. I'm not one of them, but, like, they're like, the kids won't eat it. They don't care. They just want their French fries and their milkshakes and stuff like that. How do you – I mean, you brought in beautiful food today. How do you – how do you sell it to the kids, and then how do you sell it to the naysayers? Well, the parents and the kids love fresh. Mm-hmm. And what we try to do is mimic what they see in the marketplace so that if they go to Panera's, we tried to we hired our chef and asked them to develop a line of sandwiches and salads that would rival what you would find in any Panera's. And they're made the same, the same day, so... That's another reason, but we engage kids through our taste tests, Mm -hmm. and we go out and um, find out what it is they like. Partnering with uh, Real Food for Kids, what we're doing is they're helping us with the messaging and with the uh, Real Food for Kids salad bar. Mm -hmm. We're creating a generation of healthy eaters. I'm telling parents that I'll take your five-year-old son and teach them to be a lifelong healthy eater. And Real Food for Kids has been very instrumental in this partnership with us in getting the word out. We're going to put salad bars in 141 elementary schools. That's amazing. And and, uh, I've been working with this um, for now over 20-something-odd years. Mm -hmm. So will kids eat healthy? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And can you have a healthy nutrition program? Uh, We're well on the way to demonstrating in the 10th largest school district that, in fact, do that. Well, I want to know what kind of pressure you were subjected to by the you know the big suppliers, the big providers when they were pushed out. That must have been something because they go to the county government and they say, "Well, you're crazy. It's going to cost you more." Blah blah blah. Um, well, that's not necessarily true. What we buy from farmers is that undersized fruit or blemished vegetable that they have no market for. Ugly food. It, it might be ugly food. We have talented chefs that can take that ugly food and turn it into something that is appealing to the senses, to the eye. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's at the peak of its growing season, and more importantly, it's supporting the local economy as well. Which is such an incredible bonus to what you're doing. How about with the kids themselves? Is there some sort of education component with them, that the schools you're working with, to, to teach them about the foods? That they're eating. Yeah, there are a couple of things going on, and I, <clears throat> I did want to say to your point, you know, that this idea that the kids won't eat it. I have attended so many salad bar openings, and I've seen so many kids pile their plates high. Mm-hmm. They love being able to self-select, and the data on that is very clear that when kids have an opportunity to do that, they're going to be more 
uh, they're going to explore more. They're going to they're going to try things they haven't tried. Mm-hmm. And I've just seen some beautiful plates come off of those salad bars. So we know that instead of taking something from a cafeteria line that they were required to take and end up throwing away right. because they really didn't like it, when they're selecting something they really do like, they'll eat more and more and more of it, and they can take as much as they want from those salad bars. So we're increasing consumption, mm-hmm. which is great. One of our roles, too, is making sure that we're make, we're connecting the cafeteria to the classroom. So every school system will have health and physical education standards that need to be taught. We want to make sure that what they're learning in the classroom with those health standards matches what they're getting in the cafeteria. It's going to be a really mixed message if what's coming out of your cafeteria isn't the same as the healthy eating that they're trying to teach you in the classroom. But I also think healthy is like... People like, oh, healthy. Like, you know, nobody wants healthy. They think healthy is bad. Healthy, for whatever reason, has a negative connotation. I think we have to come up with a sexier term to be like, no, the food is delicious. Why don't we call it sexy food? Okay, let's call it delicious. Delicious is great. I got a question. We're going to go to a commercial in about 40 seconds. But what about retraining the kitchen staff? Because they're used Mm -hmm. to just, you know, they're just rote by now. Boink, boink, boink. I am really, really glad that you asked about that because we have a wonderful program that we've done in cooperation with FNS called Mm -hmm. the Chef Academy. And that is where we take those uh, cafeteria staff, those culinary services staff, and we (laughs) help them relearn and learn those basic kitchen skills like knife skills, like flavor profiles, so that they can take this new produce, this new wonderful fresh food that's coming Mm -hmm. into those cafeterias and make it beautiful and make it appealing for those kids that are coming through the line. Well, I know we got to take a break, but not only that, they are your biggest advocates. You know, they, they are, are they're advocate. on the front line. They are. So they can really talk to the kids. Okay, we're yeah. going to take a break. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We are getting healthy in studio. We'll be back in just a bit. Shop the market at River Falls in Potomac for the finest selection of fresh fish. More than 20 types of fish and 15 types of shellfish every day. Plus gourmet prepared foods at MarketRiverFalls.com or call 301-765-8001. This segment of Foodie and the Beast is sponsored by ProFish, D.C.'s premier seafood company. ProFish delivers only the freshest, safest, and most sustainable seafood. Visit them at ProFish.com. The Federal Drive with Tom Temin, weekday morning starting at 6 on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 a.m. Search Federal Drive. This is John Gilroy. My show, Federal Tech Talk, answers the question, how does technology make life easier for the federal audience? I've spent years interviewing federal CIOs, tech leaders, and big company CTOs. What they tell me is compelling, provocative, and always relevant to the federal government and contractor. Check it out Tuesday and Thursday afternoons at 1 on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Federal Tech Talk. Sales and business development staff that need deeper connections into client agencies, or do you have content in search of an audience? These are elements of social selling, leveraging LinkedIn to create leads, get recognition for expertise, and influence government buyers. With 1.6 million feds on LinkedIn, it is part of the government ecosystem. If you're not making a paid dividends, we should talk. Email me at markamtower at gmail.com. In today's competitive job market, imagine not having the reading skills needed to even fill out an application. 90,000 adults in D.C. are considered functionally illiterate. It takes a lot for an adult to admit they can't read. It takes even more courage to do something about it. The Washington Literacy Center teaches adult learners to read, giving them options and a bright future. Please give back to the community by donating today. Go to WashingtonLiteracyCenter.org and make your much-needed charitable contribution. Changing lives through literacy. WashingtonLiteracyCenter.org. 
All right, we're back on Foodie and the Bees with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Rodney and Mary about Real Food for Kids, which is a great program, um, uh, a nutritious program in the Fairfax County Schools. Got a couple of minutes left. You wanted to mention the barbecue program. Yes, so we, um, you asked the question about how do you get kids engaged in mm-hmm. eating healthy food and changing perceptions. We have the daily outdoor barbecue that uh, smells up the school, and the kids Say go what? through the line, and they see their okay. food. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Have, My office is right near Annandale High School. Should I be dropping you by? You should be you dropping should. by because at Annandale High School, we have rotisserie chicken. Who's oven. the creepy guy hanging out yeah. by the rotisserie? Yeah. Yeah. They would just call him creepy no matter why. <laughs> yeah, so kids will eat healthy if provided an opportunity to do mm-hmm. that. They love fresh. We want them to have the same feel they would have in a Chipotle that they would have in a Panera Bread and so forth. I think it's so smart. Okay, so you guys have an event coming up. Let's hear about it. Big event coming up. So this is our Real Food for Kids signature event. It's called the Culinary Challenge and Wellness Expo. This is where we bring teams of middle schoolers and high schoolers Mm -hmm. uh, to to compete to win a spot on the Fairfax County Public Schools lunch menu. Now, this is a big deal because they have to follow USDA guidelines in creating something really amazing that they think their peers are going to eat. So it is, um, it's tremendous to watch these teams come out to really take those guidelines and to take all this creativity they have in their head and all of this culinary expertise that they're learning in the culinary academies, in their family and consumer sciences classes, and developing something that they really think is going to win on the lunch line with their that. peers. So it's, it's, it's really exciting. There's a wellness expo that goes along with that. We have chef demonstrations and expert-led workshops. Bonnie Benwick will be there. Mm-hmm. From the Washington Post. From Washington Post. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aviva Goldfarb from 6 o'clock Scramble. Friends, we have some super, super workshops going on. So it's not just for those students, but you get to anybody who comes. It's $15. You get to taste everything the students have made. You get lunch created by Brian Head, so you'll see mm-hmm. some of the samples that we have here, mm-hmm. um, all those workshops. Um, it's, it's just going to be a really, really great day, and that's March 11th, next Saturday, great. How do we uh, 10 to 2. You register at realfoodforkids.org. Well, dun, 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 dun. I just want to give right. you guys a round of like right. Amazing, right. like Thank such you. a great program. Come Thank on, you all you right. poorly fed adults. Let's all, right. all, right. all right, guys. Well, it's a great program. Thank okay, you very thank much. Thank you so much for and, coming in. And speaking of eating well, let's go back to Brian. <laughs> Matt <laughs> White is, well, is the owner of McClellan's Retreat. Matt, step up to the plate there. All right. Um, y- you know, well, it's, you it's, own several spaces. I do. Okay, so let's let's do the list. What do you own? Okay, I currently have Union Pub, which I had as Red River Grill, right. opened back in 1995. Mm-hmm. The 201 Bar and Barrel, right, uh, all on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. I have McClellan's Retreat in Dupont Circle, and and that opened when. That opened uh, in November of 2014. Okay, so it's been around for a while. It's been around for a little bit, yep. Mm -hmm. And then we're working on a new place in Bloomingdale called Truxton Inn. So what's your background? Were you just a heavy drinker? Yes, from a very early age. You know, really? I grew up here in D.C., so we all What's started early. What's in that early. bottle, Mrs. Weiss? <laughs> Shut up and let him drink. Exactly. Yes, always a passion from right. a very early age. So uh, I really had kind of more of a business background. You know, I guess I was a Gen X, so I didn't really know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I went to school in New York, came back to D.C. I, We're the forgotten generation. I know. Who cares about Gen Xers? Really had no idea what I was going to do. I got a job. being a baby boomer. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah Are they we, all still alive? <laughs> we, we can't stop hearing about the baby boomer. Right. Yeah, of or course. The yeah. So anyway, I started Politics and Pros. Did Ended up being their bookkeeper. I had some back of the house, mm-hmm. you know, kind of small business experience that I got together with some friends from here. 
and we put together a business plan, um, presented it to a landlord, and I don't know why. And there we they, are. I don't know why it took us, and we made every so mistake in the book. So your vision for McClellan's, what was it? What were you looking for there? Because it's such a cute little space. Like, what were you trying? Like, what did you want for it? Well. Being able to use the, the statue that's across there and kind of the double entendre of McClellan's Retreat, we really wanted a fun, cozy, unpretentious, but adult drinking place. And um, we, I also wanted something that didn't really feel like D.C. too much. Uh, there's a lot of it that kind of feels like some of the places I like to go to in New Orleans and et cetera. That sounds cool. All, All right, right. Well, while wait. Brian's making, mixing Brian, up. Brian, what do you just tell us what it is? Uh, I put it together. The Belmont It's one of our top sellers at the restaurant. It's basically an old-fashioned riff with Rittenhouse rye. But it was my Clooster bitter, Angostura Amaro, and some chocolate bitters. Ooh, we're ready. Bring <laughs> it, it on. It's like poison in a glass. Okay, and right. now, because we haven't now, had enough booze, now we're going to have gonna some beer. Now we're going to talk about acting. <laughs> okay. So, um... Uh, we've got Lee Leapskind and uh, Natalie Boland from the Flying V Theater. Guys, Hi. first of all, if anybody Hi. looks like an actor, it's this dude right here. <laughs> that little mustache. Or right. a bartender. You could either be yeah. a bartender a bartending or an actor. actor. Most bartenders are actors and vice versa. Could be both. All right, so what is the Flying V Theater? What are you guys doing there that's, that's special and different? Uh, Flying V Theater is your local neighborhood indie theater. It sort of takes... Uh, pop culture and infuses it with a lot of heart and pathos and understanding of the human Our condition. Our audience isn't smart enough to understand <laughs> pathos. <laughs> Mainly it's got like pop culture. So it's things you recognize in your daily life and fun <laughs> life. Uh, shows that are about uh, Nintendo games, about uh, comic books, about uh, cartoons, but they all have a hint of like making you feel like the real world. But so who's writing the show? Are, you, are these already produced pieces that you're Replicating, or are there pieces that you guys are creating on your own? Um, if you want it's to a mixture of both. Uh, yeah. Okay. So most of the stuff that we do is either created or devised by company members in-house. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a couple things that we do that are already produced materials. Okay. Uh, we did a show last year called The Oregon Trail based on the video game that you played in elementary oh school. Oh, my God. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. This particular play is written by Seamus Sullivan, which is uh, – I believe he's written a couple different plays. This is my first show with Flying V, so mm – -hmm. I'm pretty. All right. Well, let's talk about the show, all, yeah. the, the the Super Mario Connection and the drinking connection. Yeah. Right? How are we doing this? All right. So uh, you all have your beers in front of you. Yes, we do. Uh, so there's a couple rules that you're going to need to follow. There's okay. The top of this page here. Okay. Uh, so you're going to drink whenever Mario says Mario. Okay. You're going to drink whenever Daisy, that's Natalie, yeah. says go karts or tennis. Mm -hmm. You're going to drink when Mario says jumping. Oh, my God. Everybody is going to get <laughs> drunk. That's <laughs> the idea. You're going to drink when either of us say either pipes or plumbing, and you're going to finish your beer when Daisy and Mario kiss. And just to add... Um, oh, is that wait, why wait, you're wait. in this play? You of course. So, okay. so basically, what we're doing is we have this show. It's called Brother Mario. It's a mashup of the Super Mario Brothers and Chekhov. Um, but we're doing Because they special... go together so beautifully. So <laughs> wait, 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 wait. wait. Well. Chekhov the do. Russian or Chekhov from Star Wars? Chekhov from Star Trek. <laughs> well, they were both Russian, yeah, but yeah, the playwright. Right. Um, right. But we're doing something new this time. We've had a series in the past called Flying V Fights, which has been a series of fight shows. So we've decided to take that branding and turn it into something new. We're doing a series called Flying V Flight which is a special performance of Brother Mario that's a late-night performance on March 11th at 10.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. Your ticket comes with three beers and this drinking game. So not only do you get to see the show, you get to play an interactive drinking game during the show. And so that's you are going to be love this idea. Done, right? I love this idea. All right, so we are going to get a little excerpt from the show right here in studio, a little like... And we got to figure out when to drink. Yeah. I'll, I'll do a little... 
every right, time you drink. Go. Thank you. Uh, so just right. to set it up, this is in scene two, and this is after okay, Mario. Okay, you gotta speak in the mic. This is uh, scene two. This is after Mario has begun to have a bit of an existential crisis about how there should be more to his Again, life with than the running big words. and jumping and rescuing princesses and other castles. All right. Okay, let's do All right, it. All right, let's do it. She thinks I'm kidding. Drink. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Am I kidding? Who would I be if not Mario? The key to put the go-karts too close together again. Oh, my God, drink. You'll need to move yours before I can get in mine. Again? I talked to him. I assume Luigi talked to him. He's not a person who listens. Ugh. I'm sorry, but that little smiling cloud he rides around in, it's so... Yes! What does a cloud have to be so happy about? What does it know that we don't? Have you ever thought about what you'd do if you didn't do what you do? Ah, Mario. I wasn't aware I did much of anything. You organize a race for Rosalina? Well, that doesn't count. We're all chipping in because we'll feel bad otherwise, not because we think it'll save her. Apparently, tennis makes me happy sometimes. Drink! Drink! What about you? You know, I really like jumping. Drink! I do. Oh my God. On the good days. And on the bad days? Well, this is dumb, but um, I always intended to open my own plumbing business. I was always 100% going to do it. I mean, look at me. <laughs> but this kind of thing always got in the way. On the other hand, if you'd stuck to plumbing and never came rescuing princesses, maybe you'd think plumbing always got in the way of that. <laughs> I thought it was pipes that you were interested in, Mario. <laughs> is that it? Is Are that we done? No. And uh, are you any good? I unclogged a lot of pipes when I was younger. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Stagnant water makes this sound when it's released and it rushes into the right channel. It's a peaceful sound, a letting go. I still hear it when I'm falling asleep. You should do it then. What? You should quit all of this and try to become a real plumber. But you were just saying that if I was a real you plumber You remember then... being happy. And rather than relegating that to the past and saving yourself from further disappointment... You're actually considering pursuing what you want, even at the risk of making yourself even more unhappy. I mean, and that is great. Because we want to hear more about the show. <laughs> that was great. Oh my Somebody God, say go karts. Right. Go karts, go karts, go karts, go karts, go karts. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about $40 gets you into the show. It gets you three beers that are hand-selected by hand -selected the Flying V team. A seat. And the rules, of course, got to have the rules. Right, and designated drivers getting free with the purchase of a ticket for somebody who's playing the game. Oh, well, that's a good idea. And how long is this show going on? So March 19th. March 19th. March 19th. Whose brainstorm is this whole thing, Flying V and the whole thing? Uh, Jason Schlostein, Seamus Sullivan, John Rubin, Phil DaCosta. The whole team. The whole team. Are these all local folks? They're all local artists. Mm -hmm. You guys, where'd you go to high school? I went to the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School, and then I went to the University of Maryland That's in College it. Park. That's all local. I, I love uh, this. So where did the idea of making it a drinking game come in? Because we're all drinking. And well, <laughs> the idea is that we are a company that wants to be an experience in addition to just a theatrical presentation. Mm -hmm. And it was about coming up with cultural events that are flying V and are 
community-based as opposed to just show-by-show-based. Okay. This was an opportunity to turn it into an experience. Basically, the way I think of it is our competition isn't another play. Our competition is stay home, alone, refreshing Facebook hour after hour. Right. And the oh, biggest nerds. thing... Yeah. But, 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 the, in that audience. but the biggest thing that keeps people from coming out to see a show, if they're already inclined to do so, is that they don't have someone to come with. And we wanted to reduce the barrier to entry, to make it a social event for people. Oh, my so, God. It's theatrical Tinder. I love Stop. it, though. It's yeah. brilliant. The other big thing for it was we, we think about things that we would like to do or that we would have fun doing uh-huh. and, and add it into all the things that we do together. <laughs> so, like, doing a show about Mario and Chekhov, which we all love, and then adding a drinking game on top of it is something that we enjoy, and that means we hope others will enjoy it as well. Oh Andy's right. laughing. Putting Mario right, and Chekhov together. The fact that you made Andy laugh like you have hit a new bar. Yeah, he's yeah. Asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so tell everybody, because we're going to take a commercial break, tell everybody where they can find you and how they can get tickets. Uh, you can go to flyingv.brownpapertickets.com uh, for tickets to Brother Mario, which is now extended through the 19th. Okay. The Flying V Flights Brother Mario is a special late-night performance on March 11th at 10.30 p.m. It comes with three beers, the drinking game. We're also going to hopefully have some food sponsors that we'll be announcing soon. Uh, you can check us out at flyingvtheater.com or facebook.com slash flyingvtheater. Uh, and our big sign-out is always we wish one thing for everybody that comes to see us. One, two, three. Be awesome. Yay, I love it. All right. Thank you guys so much. All right. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Beauty and the Beast. We'll be back in just a bit. This is Roger Waldron, president of the Coalition for Government Procurement and host of Off the Shelf. My show brings a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Each week, I talk to experts from inside and outside government about the latest federal compliance and policy information for government contractors. Join me every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 11 a.m. for Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio 1500 a.m. or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Off the Shelf. Are you or someone you know a victim of crime? If so, call the D.C. Victim Hotline at 1-844-4-HELP-DC. The D.C. Victim Hotline assists victims of any crimes in the District of Columbia by connecting them to resources that empower them to take the next steps toward healing. It's a free, anonymous service staffed with fully trained victim assistance specialists. You can chat online at dcvictim.org or text and call 1-844-4-HELP-DC. That's 1-844-4-HELP-DC. If you've ever worked for a large company that provides services to a customer, at some point you may have said, Huh, I think I might be able to do this better on my own. Well, this is a show for people who actually take the step off the ledge and fend for themselves in the cutthroat world that is government contracting. I'm Alan Scott of Columbia Technology Partners and host Ready to Prime. Part information, part inspiration, and all small business. Heard the last Tuesday of every month on Federal News Radio 1500 AM or on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search Ready to Prime. Premature birth is the number one killer of babies. Those who survive often face birth defects and complications that affect them for life. For hundreds of thousands of families in the United States, this is the hardest thing they will ever have to face. And it's even harder on the baby. March of Dimes is providing education and support to families and funding life-saving research to give every baby a fighting chance. You can help. Do something today. Give them tomorrow at marchadimes.org slash tomorrow. Hey, everybody. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Uh, I want to confess, I did not bug Trump headquarters. I just you're going to see that in the paper at some yes, point. Exactly. I didn't do it. Okay. Um, all right. So my friend Trey Muller time is the CEO of a really cool business uh, in the Baltimore area. Uh, it's uh, Timely Bakery Products, and they supply the major commercial bakeries with product. And 
you know, on the face of it, you might go, well, that's easy. It's flour, it's sugar, it's salt, you know, all that. There's way more to it than that. And they also have an R&D division that innovates complete new components, new new products for the bakery business. So I want to trade it. Hi, Trey. Hello. How Hi, are Trey. You? How are you? So why don't you do a kind of a 411? Timely's been in business since the 60s, right? Yeah, so we're celebrating our 50th year this year. Um, a lot of what we do is now, you know, with GMO, organics, and these different terms, like mm-hmm. we're recreating food, making it to what the consumer wants. And that's, you know, it takes a lot of innovation. So that's so what we've been doing. your customers yeah, are... Well, are they Go like, ahead. when you say big commercial bakeries, like what? We're dealing with the largest. So anywhere from Bimbo's to Flowers. And Bimbo is, you know, that's a huge brand. It's the largest Bimbo bakery in the Bimbo. world. What are you saying? Bimbo. Spell so it. B-I-M-B-O. Okay, so it's. So they're the largest bakery in the world. Largest okay. in the U.S. as well. And they have they have brands such as Edmonds, Thomas's. Oh, I got it. So know, they're it's a, a mass bakery. Mass bakery. They're okay. the largest. So we deal with them to. All the top tier But when bakeries. you're dealing with them, what are you doing with that? We're solving problems. So as things, you know, if they want to take stuff out, they want to create a clean label type product, we're able to take out these harsh sounding ingredients and replace them with stuff that's organic, natural, mm-hmm. and things that consumer want to see on their label. Well, give us an example. But what is that? Because it's changed. So like it since has. you guys have been doing this for a long time, let's talk about how it's changed, how these bigger companies are trying to clean out their products. I mean, it's not a lot different than what we were talking about earlier in the show. It really is. So people don't want to see the ingredients you can't pronounce anymore. They don't want to see that on there. So it needs to go away, and we're trying to do that in ways where we take – you know, things like um, SSL, which is sodium sterile lactolate, which sounds awful. Nobody wants to eat that. I no. did a shooter with that. <laughs> and we're taking that dirty word and taking it off the label and replacing it with things such as enzymes and other things that are clean, healthy, culture wheat flour and things of that nature that are really good and we want to eat. So are you updating your product base in order to make these things happen? We so are all these chemical, it all. Right. So, so every day it's a new day. We're, there's nothing what we used to do from when my father and my grandfather had the business. It's changed 100%. Because people want drastically different things. We do. We all want clean label. So let me ask you a question. Okay, so let's say you have a product that has a bunch of chemicals in it. And your um, client comes to you and says, we want the, yeah, they we want the same thing. Yeah. We want the consistency. Same we price. want to maintain it for as yep. long as it can because you know, these are shelf-based items. That's right. So how do we go? How do you go about finding these replacement products that that give them what they want, but without all that chemical? Well, I think you know that stuff. for years we've used chemical type sounds, and we need to get away from that. There's mm-hmm. things now like with enzyme technology, we can do a lot. Enzymes Nobody knows are, what enzyme technology is. Well, I think the thing is that you, know, you. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so enzymes, though, I think are naturally occurring in nature. They're, people are perceived as healthy, and they can do a lot of the same functionality that the harsh chemicals can do. Okay. So we can get back to more natural. Enzymes are created in nature, so I think that's a good thing. Well, to for example, back in the day, to in, inhibit mold. They would put what nitrites in there? Uh, calcium propionate. Oh yeah, that. Which sounds great. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, now, but now you you develop sort of natural mold inhibitors. Yeah. Like, yeah I read about that. So, so I mean, we're what able to take. So what does that mean? So basically, what we're able to do is we take a wheat product, which is flour. Uh-huh. We're able to culture that and create the same. We were able to get the same functionality out of that. That will solve the molding, so you don't have your bread molding, and uh, but without having the harsh terminology. So, because part of what I assume your goal is with your clients is to help extend shelf life. Definitely. Right? Because it's really important. 
Yeah. So bread as a whole, I mean, you only get a few days out of it. Right. So I mean, you when you buy a fresh-baked bread, right. you've got like two or three days tops. Correct. Without it not just getting moldy, but getting stale. Right. And the consumer wants to have it at their house for so long, too. So you right. need to have, you know. Because we are annoying. <laughs> I can tell you that she is. Uh, what about it all. What are the demands on you? I was thinking about the whole gluten-free thing now. Is that, I'm, for, I, I have no idea how you remove gluten from something. I'm not even sure. Seth Rogen and I have no idea what gluten is. He, right, he that's says true. gluten's everything. Um, but I mean, how do you? How are you it, that's much to change your business too. Yeah. So gluten has, you know, there's a big demand now to be gluten free, mm-hmm. and so we've had to adapt. What is gluten? Gluten is uh, it's naturally an occurring. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> naturally occurring in wheat. Oh, my wife's so. a scientist. <laughs> so yeah. So we've definitely you can replace it with things like rice starch and some other starches that can have uh, sort of for celiacs to help solve that issue. Okay. But so you've had to rethink that because your we clients have. are really yes. looking for it. It's a whole right? new way of making bread. Right. Right. So it's not how but you But still coming do. up with a, a decent pro- – but you guys don't make the product. You're just supplying the ingredients for the yeah, product. Yeah, so we do this stuff. If you read an ingredient legend, the stuff that's less than 5%. So the real functional stuff, the stuff that makes the bread what the bread is. Well, you, you – I, again, on the list was sodium-free baking powders. Now, to, I'm a layperson. Sodium to me is salt. Correct. So how do you get the salt effect without salt? So lately in Canada started the big movement. Now the U.S. has taken it on where we want to reduce sodium down. So we're able to use other ingredients that are not sodium-based. So a lot of what we use here in the United States has always been sodium-based, coming from a different salt. Which is why we all have so, so sodium-based as a salt, as a flavor, or for something else? Well, it's both. So we don't just use sodium in just for flavors. It's also used um, to make baking powders, sodium phosphates, sodium acid phosphates, and such. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to take those sodium derivatives out and replace them with cleaner label stuff that's less sodium-based to reduce that overall. And this may sound like um, a stupid question, but I, how do you educate... There are no stupid questions. Well, I guess... Do you want to educate the consumer? How do you educate the consumer so that they become smarter? Because doesn't that help you at the end of the day? And doesn't it help their clients at the end of the day if the, if the consumer well, that's understands probably who's the product? The changes, right? I think the consumers, our main goal is really to satisfy what the consumer asks for. Okay. So if they want a purple loaf of bread, we're going to give them a purple loaf of bread. <laughs> if they want it healthy, we're going to give them that. So that's our main goal. Just whatever the consumer sees as their need, we're mm-hmm. going to meet that. I believe I had put in a request for a purple loaf of bread. Thanks a lot, Joe. Yeah, there you go. All right. We, uh, wait, gotta... wait. Do we have any more time? Because I want to know about one thing. All right. What is your way. chocolate cake improver? So, you know, you can make a chocolate cake, but you want to have that rich lava type look. I know you guys are look. having fun over there, but everybody get to over here. Let's go. Right, so. Okay. so you want to have a nice rich chocolate lava cake. So we have a thing where you take a standard chocolate cake and you can add it into there, and it actually gives that lava rich um, type look. And so a lot of what you perceive with a chocolate cake isn't the more cocoa or whatnot. It's visual. So you get that visual effect that gives it really a lust. And it's still healthy whatnot. for you. Still healthy. That's amazing. All right. All right so how can if, people it, find yeah, you? Yeah, if we're listening... So we have a website. You guys can go to timelyproducts.com. T-H-Y-M-L-Y. There Not you go. the easiest thing. To <laughs> no. no. Well, the guy said timely. <laughs> yeah. So we're there, and we also have, uh, throughout the region, we have several, distri- several distributors that also carry our products as well. Okay, great. All Thank right, you Trey, so much. Thank you, guys. Really this is great. Thank All you. All right. So now we're going to, obviously, we're still talking food. Ryan Arensdorf is the new chef. Executive chef mm-hmm. out in uh, in Middleburg at Salamander at Harriman's Grill, and he's here with us today, and he is still sober. Are you still sober? I know. Uh, what do you want yes, at the end? Yes, the official answer is yes. Yeah. What do you want at the end? Yeah. It's tough. It's yes, and I'm not, you know. 
Ooh, what's it? So, all right, so let's talk about you. Okay, first tell of all, him what you gave him first. Cause yeah, this is uh, What we uh, gave you is one of our uh, new dishes on Harriman's. It's a very simple dish, the direction that we're trying to take our diners. Uh, we, it's a burrata, about Gorgeous. four ounces worth of burrata, and we do as little to it as possible. We let the burrata do uh, the singing in the show, mm-hmm. and... We just oh, uh, there's a song called Hakuna Barada. Did you know? That? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, he we is now cut off. <laughs> <laughs> More drinks. Uh, <laughs> all we all we do is dress it with anything that it needs is cheese, which is a, a nut. We use a candied hazelnut. Um, we have an aged balsamic, which is very good, aged 10 years, Villa mm-hmm. Mandori, and a good extra virgin olive oil. All right, wait, wait, wait. That's it. Let's talk so about your background. There's more burrata over there. I can see you all yeah. eyeing it. Yeah. Dig in, please. Okay, where'd you come from? Give us your background. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I grew up in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, I was okay, born not there. that far back. Oh, uh, that far? <laughs> yeah. I was born in a log cabin. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, I moved. We, we only have like 20 minutes. Yeah, there you go. I, uh, I moved to Chicago about 12 years ago, and that's where I started my culinary career mm-hmm. um, in steakhouses all over the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gibson's, Chicago Cut Steakhouse. Gibson's, best like steak I ever had. Mm. Uh, that's where I started. I moved from Kansas, and that's where I wanted to work. And my first instructor in culinary school spent the last seven years working there. Mm. So she got me a job there. Uh, Chef Laura Piper, and uh, I just kept going. So how'd you wind up out in Middleburg? I used to work with the food and beverage director of the uh, Salamander okay. back in uh, Chicago about eight years ago. We worked both at the Sofitel Hotel and the Wit Hotel. Okay. So he reached out to me, and he brought me out here, and I said no to him about 15 times. And because? I was, I was very happy. You know, mm. I, was, I was in a good spot. and. Well, because you now you're doing country living. Oh, I'm from the country, so it wasn't that big okay. big deal. Yeah, where in Kansas exactly? Colby, Kansas. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, you you know that one, right? Um, yeah, very small town, but uh, <laughs> you would. That'd be the place. Um, no, but I was very happy, and you know, I I was happy with life, everything there, and I came out and I saw the place. I said no, and you know, did a tasting. I said no. I talked to. Prem, the uh, president of the company. Oh, he's still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's a pretty convincing guy. And then I talked to Ms. Johnson. He's amazing. And, We've had him in studio a couple yeah. times. I love Prem. Yeah, once I started talking to Prem, I started changing my mind. I'm didn't sign you to an MBA, a WNBA <laughs> contract as well. But. <laughs> she could. I'm really good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm really you good. You look yeah. like you're really good. Yeah, uh, but no, I started talking to them, and finally, after the tasting, and I, I sat down opened a beer and said, okay, let's do this. So what are you going to do? to? I mean, what are the changes that you're making? When you talk about sort of simplifying, what does that mean? Well, I have a, uh, I have an extensive background in uh, French-American food, modern French-American, and we could do 17, 17 things to a plate. And mm-hmm. I kind of grew away from that and believe that, you know, I love steaks, I love steakhouses and things like that. And we have a ranch-style resort, so we have this butcher block area where I cut almost everything in-house. I try to source the best quality meat. I um, you know, really only do four things. We ha- start with a meat and a protein that we cut. We do a sauce, a veg, and a garnish. Four so components. Did you have to do a field trip out into Virginia to find new sources? I mean, you've got so much product yeah. mm-hmm. right there at your fingertips. I mean, uh, Middleburg is just this exploding area of farms and cheese and wine. I mean, you have mm-hmm. so much there. How are you working with all those people? I mean, they must all be all over you, but how are you working with everybody? Oh, what we do is, uh, well, I have Archer Farms. We got Johanna Farms. We have right. Wiffle Tree. You know, all of them are a part of the menu in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Warshore for um, uh, lobster and uh, seafood. Uh, what we do for the local wineries, we do a wine dinner once a month. 
that mm-hmm. we pair with whatever wine they they bring it come by again taste it you have a little fun and decide what we were going to do uh, mm-hmm. new either from the menu or off menu to uh ex- to really uh, promote what they're doing as long as what along with what we're doing as well all right but, we're going to take a quick break mm-hmm. And we come back, we'll talk about how you're expanding on the menu. Cooking and classes. Cooking classes and all the kinds of things that you're doing out we're gonna there. We're going to grill you. We are. Oh, really? Do so you like grilling? Bring it on. Yeah. All right. Oh, boy. Gauntlet thrown. Okay. Right. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. I'm more resourceful than I thought. My suit can still make an impression. My video games are still game changers. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Now my stuff gets a second chance. And will give someone in my community a second chance too. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. That's goodwill.org. This message brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. I'm Aileen Black. And I'm Gigi Shum. Together, we host Women of Washington. You'll hear the inspiring and amazing stories of women who have paved their own path to success and achieved incredible milestones in their careers. Some have leaned in. Others took an unconventional approach. All have made an impact on the business landscape of Washington, D.C. and beyond. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 1 for Women of Washington, Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Women of Washington. This is John Gilroy. My show, Federal Tech Talk, answers the question, how does technology make life easier for the federal audience? I've spent years interviewing federal CIOs, tech leaders, and big company CTOs. What they tell me is compelling, provocative, and always relevant to the federal government and contractor. Check it out Tuesday and Thursday afternoons at 1 on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Federal Tech Talk. Your agency, your executives, your mission. Find out if we've explored your agency at federalnewsradio.com. Search Agency of the Month. This segment of Foodie and the Beast is sponsored by ProFish, D.C.'s premier seafood company. ProFish delivers only the freshest, safest, and most sustainable seafood. Visit them at ProFish.com. Shop the market at River Falls in Potomac for the finest selection of fresh fish. More than 20 types of fish and 15 types of shellfish every day. Plus gourmet prepared foods at MarketRiverFalls.com or call 301-765-8001. Hey, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. So before we get back to the show, I just want to thank the folks at ProFish, uh, the market at River Falls in scenic downtown Potomac, Maryland, mm-hmm. Central Farm Markets, and Celebrity Cruises for supporting the show because without you, they ain't no show. That's true. So now we're here. Yes. So, Ryan, let's get back to you and talk about, um, I, I mean, you. how long have you been there? You're pretty new, right? A few months. Yeah. Are you going to start doing, there'll be cooking classes and all of that as well? Yeah, I just did my first cooking class yesterday. Oh, so there yeah. you go. We did a meet and greet where I taught people how to break down and butcher some uh, items from duck and venison, mm-hmm. and uh, taught them how to make sausage. Now these people who are coming from the you know the hood, the, <laughs> the Middleburg hood, mm-hmm. or are they guests? Uh, it's a mix. Some are, some are guests. It's a mix. You know, some people just come there straight for the cooking class. So um, we had a couple people that are really avid and come to uh, more than one. So how as your role there? You're at Harriman's, but are you are you the lead chef for everything going on? The entire property, yeah. So that means weddings and cater, like well, everything that's going on, room service, everything. Everything. That's yep. a lot. You're gonna be a tired guy. Yeah, that is an awful lot. He's like, no, I've nope. got it. I've I'm got done. It. I'm, I'm in good shape. Bye, bye, bye. So how do you go about uh, planning that? Like, how do you take care of Harriman's catering 
and uh, room service. Like, how do you go about planning those menus so that you guys can be as effective and efficient as possible? Right now, we are just taking it step by step. Harriman's was the first step, okay. and Harriman's dinner. And the next step is Gold Cup. And there's then right after that, there's Harriman's breakfast. And then right after that, then there's IRD and uh, the banquet IRD? menu. So, I mean, we're just taking one step at a time. Wait, what's IRD? In-room dining. Oh, in-room dining. Sorry, you caught a lingo. I did not know. Can't forget. I want to apologize for Nikki. Everybody knows IRD. Can't forget about eating dinner in your room. So right. You know, we we want to take it step by step. You know, Harriman's is is uh, with a new menu relaunch. We redid the entire thing. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. not one thing that's old that we serve. It's completely new ideas. Well, as like for people who I've been out to the facility and it's just, you know, it's a beautiful property. Um, I mean, it's just magnificent. So for people who have not been out there, what sort of um, what sort of specialties do you want to tell them about? Not just about the kind of food that you're doing, but sort of experiences that they can have out at the property because it is super unique for this area. Oh, yes. Well, uh, we have the equestrian center, so mm-hmm. horseback riding, trail riding, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have zip lining. There's a skeet shooting range close to close to the property. Mm-hmm. Uh, spa. The spa is incredibly the relaxing. spa is gorgeous. Oh, yes. It's really um, beautiful. There's, I mean, just the grounds itself are relaxing. You know, mm-hmm. um, we make our own bees on property. You can go see the beehives. We have our you co- make you your make, own bees? You make your own honey. Honey. We make our Buy own honey. Buy the bees. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got a guy here who can make a bee. I, want... I actually do. We do. He's going to solve the honey yeah. Now, look, you put the wings here, hey, and the legs I go there. Exactly. That's how you got to put them together somehow, don't you? I want everybody who is in studio today to be here every week. Yeah, it's Because <laughs> it's so much fun today. All right. So, um. I guess the other sort of question I have is how big is your staff? Because that's a lot a to lot. pull off and there's a lot to come into. About 30, 40 people. Oh, so you've got... All right. You got well, I wish we, have, I wish the we kitchen. had some I mean, more, the kitchen but... is massive. Oh, it's a, yeah. It's very it's big. It's beautiful. You I know mean, what's terrible? I, can understand... I haven't been there yet. It's yeah, it is awful. terrible. You haven't been there. there. I've been there multiple yeah. times. Okay. Um, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on a second. I haven't spent the night. Oh, thank God. <laughs> well, that's a travesty. I know. We'll change that. Anyway. All right. So tell people where they can find you, please. Well, we're at uh, uh, Middleburg. What's the address? 500? 500 North Pendleton Street, Middleburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. you got to say that into Five, the mic because 500 North can hear Pendleton you. Street, Middleburg, Virginia. Okay. And you know, how about the guy online? can make a B, but he doesn't know where he is. Think <laughs> <laughs> about that. That's I only lived there for two Trouble months. with mad geniuses. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. And the website, please. Uh, Harrimansgrill.com. Okay, great. Thank right. you so much cool. for coming in. This burrata is really fabulous, so oh, thank you. Thank All you. right. All right. Ryan, Matt? Get back up to the mic. All right, we're here. Okay. So, Brian, while you're making another cocktail, why don't you tell us first what you're doing, and then we'll talk to Matt and talk uh, about some of the I'm things I'm making another one of our cocktails that's been on the menu for quite a while. It's called a pepper box. Okay. Uh, it's got illegal mezcal. I like how everybody's, like, getting super close to you with exactly. their phones. They're like, film this guy. <laughs> See what he's doing. A little uh, dry cacao syrup that we make in-house. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Lucado Cafe, which is a really, really delicious coffee liqueur. Mm-hmm. And it's served over top of a habanero ice cube. Are these the your Wait, what? Yeah. Habanero yeah. ice cube. Yeah, so we steep a habanero ice cube. Isn't that an oxymoron, a hot ice cube? <laughs> <laughs> you think so, and that's, it you would. works really well. But uh, as the drink, as you drink the drink, and the ice melts, it'll get spicier and spicier, which is yeah, a I, lot of fun. That is so up my alley. Yeah. I can relate I'm so to the excited. moron part of that. <laughs> um, uh, are these your creations? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, we all, we all contribute a lot of the drinks at the bar. I mean, we've got a small staff, which is great, which, but we've got a lot of experience. 
And we have a lot of fun coming up with a new cocktail. So do you ever feel when you're putting these together, you guys are back in the kitchen, your little mad chemist outfits and all that, the rubber <laughs> gloves, the whole thing? I'm usually are, dressed about like I am right are now. You, when I was... Like Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> do you ever get to the point where you say, you know, we've just gone overboard here. There's too much going on. No, no, little... I don't okay. know. It's half the fun sometimes. I mean, you go overboard. I mean, but I think that we've, as tasting the two cocktails that we've had, I mean, we've had... A lot of cocktails in studio. We've been doing this for over eight years. A lot of cocktails. Um, (laughs) Some more than others, obviously. Um, But there are people who just don't know how to leave well enough alone. I mean, the Barada is a perfect example, as Chef said. You know, it's a pristine product. You don't need to overdo it. Don't you find the same thing with your cocktails? I completely agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not one of the people who's going to try to reinvent the wheel. I mean, if there's a product out there that's fantastic, I'm all about using it. I mean, the things that we do make in house are things that aren't available in the market or something that I just enjoy I'm not making. happy with. Or you want to enjoy yeah. making. Well, let me ask exactly. you a question. When people have, you know, because there are, there are distilleries popping up everywhere, locally, regionally, nationally, and you've got a limited amount of shelf space in there. So when someone wants to sell you, are they literally walking through the door with a bottle and saying, we're new, try us, I've, and if uh, it can knock something off I've a lot of really your... bad alcohol over my uh, career. There's no question of that, yeah. I mean, That could account luckily... for your voice. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I used to talk like this. Right. Yeah. So, Matt, can I bring Matt up to the mic? Matt, let's talk about your new concept. Let's talk about Truxton and what it's going to be like and when we can expect it to open. All right, great. Um, it's going to be very similar in feel and size to McClellan's Retreat. It's okay. going to be a so focus. So how many seats? About 50 seats. It's tiny. Uh, yeah, a little small, but there's more possibility for outdoor space than we have in McClellan's Retreat. So. Is there any outdoor space in McClellan's? Like just one? We have three, yeah. we have three say, tables, nothing, six right. people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's huge. Right. <laughs> we, we can't even bring our family to that. <laughs> I can barely sit out there. Right. <laughs> Look at Thank that. you. Oh, that's so fabulous. That is beautiful. Here, I'll share with her. Okay. Um, so tell us more. Truxton. Well, it's uh, again, it's a very similar feel to uh, McClellan's Retreat. It's uh, it's elegant. It's supposed to feel like a old hotel bar, really, okay. is what it, we're going and for. And where is it? It's at 3rd and Florida Northwest. 3rd and That's Florida so Northwest. So, Antro just opened there. Right. The City Smokehouse the is smoke in there. Oh, right. Right. I know so I've got a quick are. question, because well, especially in D.C., the permitting stuff is is can be a monster, right? I mean... You've been through it, so you're a little bit more experienced. But if I wanted to open a cocktail bar and I found the right spot, what is it going to take me in terms of time and, and like, fighting upstream through all the red tape? Is it well, I should be careful about what I say. Yeah, but I, um, Mayor, are you listening? Yeah, right, right now the process has gotten uh, even longer. And uh, I know most of the people I know, and including what we went through, it's been about a year. And so and expediters are making a ton of cash. Yeah, and so because everything's online now for Ooh. submittal for for permits, um, and it's taken a long time. And it's, you know, I, I'm a little worried about what the effects might be because you know we have all these restaurants and bars opening up in all these parts of the city, but not necessarily, you know, funded with a ton of money. And now you have to have so much carrying cost to to get you through. Right, because one of the things I think that people don't plan on the most is that. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to open in two months. And you're like, yeah. No, you know. I mean, it's I not only that, that sounds like a good right. idea. Right, but even when you open, as we, a lot of us know here, it takes a while before you can become profitable. Right. So right. even as soon as that door's open doesn't mean you're, you know, you're done. All right, right. never, I changed my mind. I'm not opening a Okay, wait, bar. we have to go back to Brian. We got to wrap up. I know, we got to wrap up. Go back to Brian. Brian, talk yes. about that. this is yeah. everything. It is so... <laughs> 
Good. Has everybody tried this drink? I just want to say something. <laughs> this morning she rolled over and said, David, you are everything. So those uh, things, <laughs> that comes, that comes like easy for her. Just, yeah. Don't, don't yeah. get too, you know, excited. All right, we're going to have to wrap up the show. <laughs> Everything do. you guys heard on the show today, you can find on the listeryouonit.com, Nikki's true. website. Mm-hmm. Follow her. Join the millions and follow her on uh, Twitter. Yep, at Nikki Nellis. Does the president follow you, I wonder? No. Um, and uh, what, listen to her on WTOP. She's on live at 1240 on Thursdays, but they play that throughout the week. And what else are you doing? I'm doing lots of stuff. Oh, anyway, we want to thank everybody just for like coming Oprah. in. Just like Oprah. Studio today. This was really a terrific show. You can watch everything on Facebook Live if you go to at Nikki Nellis. And also next week will be no slouch. So new kitchens on the block is going to be happening at Mess Hall, and we're bringing in every pop up that is happening in the DC metro area that's going to be at NKOTB. They're going to be in studio, and it's going to be tons of fun. Again, thank you to everybody in studio today. This was such a fabulous show. All right, now last word is Mario. (laughs) Everybody, please have a delicious week.